Welcome to the Influency Podcast. I'm Hadar, and this is episode number 316. And today we are going to hear a story of resilience, persistence, and inspiration as we listen to the story of Mariana from D Languages. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. Today, we have a guest on the podcast, and her name is Mariana. Mariana is originally from Moldova, which means that she speaks Romanian as her first language. At the age of 16, Mariana moved with her family to Spain, where she had to learn not only Spanish, but also English, and that was the first time she tried to acquire both languages simultaneously. Her story is incredible from struggling with understanding almost anyone around her to speaking three, no, actually four languages. She also speaks Russian, so Romanian, Russian, Spanish, and English. And now she teaches English in Spanish, and she does an incredible job in her business and with her students, teaching them how to speak with confidence and fluency. Mariana has such an interesting story and a very funny one at that, and I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation. So let's dive into it. Hi, Mariana. Hello, hello. How's it going? I'm good. So happy to have you here. Me too. Thank you. Thank you so much for um, just inviting me and, and uh, showing interest in my story. Because your story is interesting and I cannot wait for my audience to get to know you and hear your story because I think it's so inspiring and um, energizing. So Thank you. for those who don't know you, what do you say when people ask you to introduce yourself? <laughs> That's a good question. So, well, I start with my name, is Mariana Pleshko. And um, yeah, I'm originally from uh, Moldova. Moldova is a tiny, I, I usually explain where Moldova is because people do, usually don't know. Uh, so it's, Moldova is a tiny country in the Eastern Europe between Ukraine and Romania. I was born there and lived there until I was 16 years old. And then I moved to Spain. So I lived there for 15 years. Yeah, 15, 15 years. years yeah. And just for people who don't know what language is spoken in Moldova. That's so. right. So um, my mother tongue is Romanian. This is the language that we speak there. That's the official language of Moldova. And I also speak Russian because Russian is a, uh, ex-Soviet, an ex-Soviet country. So growing up, the TV was all in Russian, uh, mm. dubbed in Russian. So I learned Russian by watching TV. And uh, yeah, so I speak Romanian, Russian. And, and then wait, wait. So the two languages that you grew up in, basically, yeah. are actually not the languages that you use today to speak, live, and teach. Not at all. Okay, and and going, funny, going. Uh, funny enough, those two languages, Russian and Romanian, are not similar at all. Like they have nothing to do with each other. You know, the, the alphabet, the spelling, the sounds are so different. So yeah, Romanian is a Latin language and Russian is, I don't know, like a Slavic, Slavic language. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, when I moved to Spain, I learned Spanish mm -hmm. and English at the same time. So I, I speak Spanish and English. And these are two languages that I use right now. So Spanish, um, Romanian and Russian, I barely use them. I speak, yeah. you know, sometimes with my family from Moscow, I use Russian. It's a little bit rusty, I must say. <laughs> and uh, I use... You're forgiven. Them. It's okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's you know, uh, it's cool to know. I understand it 100%. Uh, now, when it comes to speaking, I need a little bit of time to just remember the words um so I speak Romanian with my mom but it's not a 
clean Romanian, you know, mm. uh, it's, it's like a mix between Romanian, Russian, Spanish, you know, it's, it's absolutely crazy. People would not understand us, you know, so we, we have like um, our own language, you know, I love it. It's, it's great. That's the beauty of knowing so many languages and you just mix them up. People that are, you know, fluent in many languages, I'm sure they do exactly the same thing. They, they know it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that when they try to recollect a word from one language, then <gasps> that like probably a word from a different language comes up. For right? sure. For sure. And it's funny because when we speak with our family from Moldova, we use sometimes a word in Spanish and we don't e even realize it. <laughs> and they're like, uh, what is that? <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know that word. I yeah, like, so it's like, okay, how do I say that? Because we keep using the same word in Spanish, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so just yeah. to get it straight. So at the age of 16, you mm -hmm. moved to Spain. That's right. And until that age, were you, have you learned Spanish or English? No, I did not learn Spanish at all. So when I moved to Spain, I did not speak Spanish at all. I was, my level was zero. Wow. Uh, and English, I, I learned English at school, you know, the basics, grammar and the verb to be and, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, ING. The, exactly. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Go so ahead. the basics. So <laughs> I was not really fluent. I was, I was not able to communicate. Um, my thoughts clearly in mm -hmm. English, but I knew something. I, I was able to, to say something in English, you know, Spanish, I was not able to say anything, you know. And I'm assuming that in Spain, most people don't even speak English, like back then when you moved. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you needed Spanish to I needed survive. Spanish. I needed Spanish. So, you know what, the funny thing was that when I moved to Spain, literally the next day my parents sent me to school so I was wow. not speaking Spanish I went to Spanish school, school like in Spanish just, yeah yeah wow. everything was in Spanish so it's like you know like going now to China and and <laughs> um speak Chinese figure it out yeah figure it wow. out so it was it was the first day I it was so stressful you know it's like you know when you try to teach a baby how to swim you just like you know throw it into the swimming pool not necessarily a good idea not necessarily a good idea yes I mean I had no choice you so had no I, choice. yeah I literally learned Spanish like the basics in three months so that was great how do you manage okay as a teenager at the age of 16 so on one hand you feel like okay all this incredible change, like moving from one country to another, then you need to acquire the language you need. You want to make friends because you have to also be, you want to be socially accepted. For sure. Um, what did you do? How did you manage to learn it so quickly? So the advantage of, um, of uh, knowing Romanian, so Romanian and Spanish are Latin languages. So there were words, there are words that are very similar. So I was trying to understand, I was able to understand some things because they resonated with me because Romanian yeah. was very similar. Like for example, mesa, it's, it's table and masa, it's, it's table in Romanian. So mesa, it's in Spanish and masa, it's in, you know, in Romanian. So some words were very similar and I was able to, to understand, put them together. It was more intuition, you know. So I was yeah. basing my, my, um, my understanding on the intuition. Many times I'd fail, you know. Many times I was like, okay, <laughs> I, no, I, I didn't understand that properly, probably. Um, sometimes I'd make silly mistakes. Uh, people would laugh, but not because, you know, they would bully me or anything. It, it was just, it was, it was just honestly funny you know <laughs> yeah. so yeah they found it funny and and uh, this is how you learn so I learned from my mistakes so quickly you know and I um, adopted this mentality of okay this is not my language this is not my mother tongue I am learning it's okay to make mistakes it's fine let's have fun with it you know yeah, yeah. so it was stressful frustrating super frustrating because you felt like you were you're dumb you're not able to express anything and you have so many things to say and you feel like you have a lock here you know what yeah. I'm saying? 
and you're not able to 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 say anything you're not able to and then and then when someone asked your question the questions were like oh my god please don't ask me any questions please don't don't ask me any questions because it's like uh, it's you feel scared of not understanding the question and then looking ridiculous you know and then asking to repeat you know like to repeat themselves is like oh my god it's like asking for such a huge favor you know which is really not like this is definitely something that inhibits people now as you know, uh, language partners or conversation partners, we know that if someone asks us to repeat ourselves, not a big deal. It's but okay. But when you are, we don't know how to ask for help, you know? So I think this is something that was, um, that having that experience, I'm sure that has taught you about your now students' experience, which for we'll sure. get to. Yeah. I also want to mention, I think we're kind of like going to, go through your story and go back and forth between, you know, the story and your teaching or your philosophy about teaching. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like, okay, so you use the word intuition, which I love. I always talk about intuition when I um, talk about teaching because you've got to, at some point, it's not going to be clear and you just have to trust the work that you've done or trust your knowledge or trust your understanding to be able to continue in a conversation. So I love that. I also think that a word that came to my mind was resourceful. It felt like you were very resourceful. You were just figuring things out and you made it work no matter what. Like you could have said, I'm not going to school. Mm-hmm. I know stories of people who immigrated and their kids said, I'm not going to school because yeah. they were so afraid. So yeah. you could have said that, but you said, no, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make it work. And, and the fact that you kept going, whether if it was in school or in a conversation, uh, made it possible for you to see that progress in such a short time. Of course, you were very immersed in it and the the similarities in the language. For sure, um, yeah. How, what what did you take from that experience to what is now your teaching? So where I'm coming from, you don't have an option of not doing. You know, so that's the mentality. So when you don't give yourself an option of no, you know, no is not an option. You just have to do it, you know? So this is what I always tell my students. Just don't give yourself an option of not learning English, you know? You have to do it. There is no alternative. No alternative. In Spanish, we say, si or si. (laughs) Yes or yes, yes. you know? (laughs) Like there's no no option, you know? So um, not going to school was not an option for me. Not, Not learning Spanish was not an option for me. And not learning English was also not an option for me. You know, because I didn't need to learn English living in Spain. It was just a passion and a dream of mine, you know, Mm -hmm. but I didn't give myself an option of not doing it. So So tell me more about that. How did you manage everything? So, yeah. So Spanish was a necessity, really. I needed to survive. That's why I learned it. And uh, I was very lucky because at school, one of my classmates was English. She was from England. So Mm -hmm. I was able to communicate with my broken English with her at least at at the beginning and um and yeah so because of her i was able to practice my english learning spanish at the same time and and then um at home i was just you know i i i basically listened to things in english watched everything in english it was like spanish and english so i worked a lot with movies so I always loved movies and I was watching those movies uh, that I grew up with, you know, the, I don't know, like Home Alone. And those movies, I watched them in, um, in, in Russian, right? So everything was dubbed in Russian. So since I already knew those movies like by heart, I knew uh, the dialogue by heart, I would watch the same movie in English and then the same movie in Spanish, you know, so I was like, oh, so this is, this is in Russian. Okay. So this is how you say it in Spanish. Ah, and this is how you say it in English. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Very smart. Yeah. So you just, you work with things that you're familiar with, you know, or books that I, I'd read, for example, Harry Potter, right? So I read the first book in, in Romanian. I was very familiar with that. I loved it. And then I'd read the same book in Spanish and then the Mm -hmm. same book in English. You know what I'm saying? It's, It's a lot of work. You know, you, it's a lot of work. You need but to, it you, seemed you, like you were very passionate about it. Exactly. It's, it's, you have to put in the work, 
you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen. There's no magic, you know, pill. There's no magic in it. You just have to, no to work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so this is what I would do. So I am outside home. I, you know, was surrounded by Spanish speaking people. Uh, at school, I had to, to study the subject, the, all the subjects in Spanish. But at home, I created an English environment, right? So uh, if I was in the kitchen, in the background, I'd have something on, on the computer, you know, like a video or something, uh, a movie, whatever, spoken English, you know, so yeah. my ear get used. In loops, probably you repeated a lot of the same content. For sure, yes, yeah. like the same thing. So, you know, not just like a, a video, uh, worked with it for a few minutes and then, continued to the next one you know no I worked with the same one so the more I listened to it the more things I I was able to understand and um yeah so it was like that and then I would read in English I would uh chat with people on Facebook so I would join these random groups about topics I would I was interested in and uh I was interested in fitness and you know uh eating healthy and all that stuff so I met a girl from Estonia who lived, she's, she's my friend now, who uh, lives in Ireland. So she speaks Russian and English. So I oh. would chat with her in English. And then if there was something that I didn't know, I would ask her in Russian. So Amazing. she would help me, yeah. you know? So it's just like, just like that. So for someone listening to your story, and I'm trying to kind of like r- collect all the things that you said that you did, um, so here are a few things that you mentioned just to summarize up until this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that helped you was to watch a movie that you knew that was maybe previously dubbed in, in Russian, for, in your case, for other people, especially in countries where TV is dubbed or movies are dubbed mm-hmm. then in your first language. So you know the content and you know That's the dialogue right. mm-hmm. and to watch it in your target language, in our case, probably English, English yeah. so that you're not struggling to understand the story, but you pay attention to the content. And then to probably watch it over and over and over again and not just try to go through as many pieces of content or movies as possible, but to really focus on something that allows you to go deeper. That's right. So that's why you have to work with something that you, you love, you know, a book that you absolutely love, um, a movie that you, you adore that you don't mind watching it you over and over again. It. Yes, exactly. it has to be fun. This is exactly. also really critical. Yeah, and immerse yourself, right? Like you said, you surround yourself with English. It was always in the background. So people who are not immersed in English, this could help because it- For sure, obviously absolutely. For you. I lived in Spain, right? So I learned English in Spain and I haven't, I haven't been to any English speaking country up until 2019. And I've been, uh, I've been, <laughs> thank you. I have been uh, teaching English since 2011. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was like, I learned English living in Spain and in Spain, you know, English is not their mother tongue. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it doesn't matter where you are in the world right now with technology, it's so much easier to emerge yourself in the, in the language. You just create your environment at home, you know, the English environment at home and learn. And you know what? Here in in the United States, there are so many people that live here but but don't speak English because they surround themselves with people that speak Spanish in in this case, you know. So, yes, most of my students are uh, from Latin America, are Spanish speakers. And, uh, yeah, they've been living here for 30 years, 20 years, and, and they don't speak English because they don't surround themselves with English speaking people, you know? So it doesn't matter if you live in a country where English is spoken. I just had a student yesterday in one of my coaching sessions, and this is exactly what he said. He said, I live in Florida, but it doesn't mean anything because most of my life I've lived in a, in a Spanish speaking community, which makes it challenging. So you got to find solutions 
to allow yourself to communicate and it doesn't have to be physical. Like you can mm-hmm. definitely find solutions online and your story and many, many other stories of people who were able to achieve fluency, despite the fact that they never visited an English speaking country or never had, uh, you know, friends to speak with, you can find solutions. It's all about resourcefulness. And you are the example for that. Like you find partners. So it's really good for people to see that it is possible. Absolutely. And if there is nobody you can talk with, just talk with yourself because I was talking with myself all the time. You know, it's just, you have to, you know. That's another good tip. Like talk to yourself. Can you tell us, can you tell us how you did it? Yeah. So for example, I would name the things that I, that I'd see or things that I was doing. So if I was cooking, you know, and I was peeling a potato, I would ask myself, how would I say peeling a potato in English or in Spanish? You know what I'm saying? Because it was at the same time, right? So just um, question yourself. If you see a person walking the dog, right, outside your window, how would you say in English, walk the dog? You know, so like ask yourself in, in your mother tongue, how would I say this in English? How would I say that in English? Um, name the things that you see. Name the things that you are doing. Um, question yourself. Like, for example, if you're writing something in your schedule or your diary, how would I say that in English? You know, so yeah. this way, it's so much easier right now because you have uh, translators, online translators. You can find the answer immediately, you know. You can check your, uh, your mistakes. You, know, you can correct your mistakes. I always tell my students this. Uh, say the sentence in, Sp- in English the way you think uh, it's, it's correct, right? Then type that sentence in Spanish in the um, translator. The translator will translate it into English. And then you check the sentence of the, you know, the translator and your sentence. And you can correct yourself, mm. you know? Yep. So it's so much easier right now to, it is. to communicate, you know, to, to speak in English by yourself. Yeah. Okay. This is really, really good. What else did you do? Like, is there another uh, uh, tip or trick that you can teach us that you use to learn Spanish and English? Yeah. What else? Um, so in terms of pronunciation, the pronunciation is really important. And uh, I would listen to songs mm-hmm. and I would repeat them, right? So I would sing along, not to learn words or to learn um, expressions or anything, because, you know, the, the lyrics of the songs, in my, in my opinion, are so much different from the spoken English. So I never recommend uh, my students to focus on the, on, on the te- you know, the lyrics of the songs, because it's, it's sometimes it's, you know, it's not the spoken version of, of English, yeah, 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 but, yeah. Um, but when you listen to songs and repeat, sing along, your pronunciation improves, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was improving my pronunciation like this. I would just listen to the song and I was trying to copy the, uh, the singer exactly the same way, the exact same tone. This is one way uh, I was improving my uh, pronunciation. Then another way I was just listening to audios and uh, um, applying the shadowing technique. Shadowing mm-hmm. technique is, for those people that don't know, is uh, basically copying the native speaker um, exactly. Like the tone, the pauses, the, uh, in the, 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 exactly the pronunciation, everything. Everything you hear, you just shadow. You just copy that person. So I would just work the same uh, tongue twisters. I would just say tongue twisters in English and Spanish. Love tongue twisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're fun. Okay. Amazing. So moving on, moving along to the moment you said, I love English so much. I want to teach it. Or maybe it was just like a random decision that, ended up changing your life what was it like (laughs) it was it was a random it was not even a decision it was just like it popped in my life popped into my life and it's like okay I I have to do it so everything started when I moved to Madrid so when I moved to Spain I was living in a tiny village in the east of Spain so I was living with my parents and then I moved to to Madrid when I was 18 
and I convinced my parents to pay for my rent and my food uh, until I, I found a job. And I was, uh, I was studying. I was finishing my high school. Uh, and uh, I was struggling wait, a lot. Wait, 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 wait. So you moved to Madrid on your own before you even finished high school. Exactly. Before I Very finished brave. high school. Yeah, because um, when I moved to Spain, my Spanish was not good. So I lost one year because they, they basically uh, put me into a lower gr uh, grade. Mm -hmm. So I lost one year and I had, so I was 18, but I didn't finish high school. Got it. And uh, also I took a um, gap year. Yeah, I was on a, on a gap year as mm -hmm. well. And uh, yeah, to learn Spanish and English to, to improve these two languages. So basically, I was a little bit behind. I was determined to, I was determined to, to finish high school. So I went to Madrid to finish high school and also just to start my life, <laughs> you know. And um, I, was, uh, I was struggling because um, I couldn't find a job. So I was looking for a job. I was 18. Nobody was hiring. You have no uh, experience, you know, the, the same crap. <laughs> and um, I was living on 50 euros a month because the lady who, um, uh, who I was renting from uh, increased the, the rent out of the blue. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, so basically that left me uh, with... 50 euros a month for food so I was like I was desperate and I could not ask my parents for more money because they would have told me come back we don't have more money you know yeah. and going back for me was not an option because I did not like living in that village it was too tiny so one day I was on my way to the bank to you know to take up money for rent and then my bank disappeared it was just gone poof you know so I was like, okay, what is oh going God. on? I just, it was because they were like uh, um, merging the banks in Madrid at that okay. point, you know? Yeah. So suddenly my bank was gone and uh, instead of it, there was like a shoe <laughs> store. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Where's my bank? You know? And then I could not go to a different bank because they would um, charge me, you know, like uh, the fees. So I could not couldn't afford, afford it. it. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, I needed that bank specifically. So I was walking down the street and I saw a girl smoking. Uh, I approached her and I asked, I asked her, can you please tell me where I can find this in this bank? And uh, she says like, I have no idea, but if you want, I can Google it for you. That was in 2011. And uh, so Google was around. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I was super happy. I was like, yes, of course, please. Uh, you did me a great favor. So we went inside. She was a receptionist. And while she was looking, searching for that bank, I was looking around and I saw different doors, many doors. Mm -hmm. And on each door, there was a, a name of a scientist like uh, Einstein, Newton. I was like, what is this place? So I turned around and I asked her, can you please tell me what, what this is? And she's like, oh, it's an academy. I was like, uh-huh. So what do you teach here? Well, we teach different languages. We teach math. We teach history. You know, all these like subjects for school, like support for uh, uh, students that, that need help. I'm like, okay, languages. I heard languages. So, so do you teach Russian? <laughs> I was like, no, no, we don't teach Russian, but we do teach English. And we just had um, a marketing campaign and mm -hmm. we have a lot of students and we're looking for 50 new teachers, English teachers. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I'm like, what? And she was like, do you speak English? And I was like, I had three seconds to answer that question. I was like, sure. <laughs> C or C, right? C or C. <laughs> sure. I was starving. I, 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 needed, wow. I needed a job, you know? So I was like, yeah, sure. Yes, I speak. So she was like, would you like to uh, come to an interview? Wow. And I'm like, yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> I was like, Yes. Okay. And, and she was like, all right, great. So I would need this document, this information. This information. So she gave me the information of the bank. She found the bank. 
I went to the bank, got my money, went home, paid the landlord, got the documents she needed, went back, uh, uh, left left all those documents there, gave, gave the documents. And then a few days later, she called me and uh, invited me to an interview. I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I don't speak English well enough to, to, to teach it, you know? And, um, and uh, I was like, okay, so they will probably test my English and they will find out that I'm, <laughs> I'm a scam <laughs> and, and I don't really speak English. And then I was like, okay, well, what can, what worse, what's the worst that can happen, right? And then I went. Yeah. And then Hadar, it was not an interview at all. You go there because it was such a shitty, you know, academy. They didn't care. They just you. wanted you to know. Yeah. Yes, no, maybe. They did not care if you spoke English or not. They believed you, you know what I'm saying? So I, it, it was great for me. Not so good wow. for the students, you know. <laughs> And uh, that was my window, basically. This is how I started teaching English. So the interview was basically, okay, so this is how we do it here. You go to students' uh, houses, you have to prepare the classes, and then you have a paper, you sign here, you make the students sign it here, you um, write down how many hours you taught that day. And then at the end of the month, we're going to give you your money in cash. You know, so wow. there's not even a bank transfer or anything. So it was, it was like a dream for you. Couldn't, could not be better. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe it, you know. So um, first class, I went, I was super nervous. The first class was a complete disaster. Oh, disaster. No. Because the student knew more English than me. <laughs> so it was like, okay, I have to get my things together you know like I get to I have to prepare like really prepare so I started googling I started investigating and researching right like how to prepare a class and uh I was like okay I'm an actor right I have to act like an English teacher (laughs) get into the character like really really you know okay so that was literally my first acting job uh Mm. and um and then I, yeah, I was going to, to school, right? So at school, I was, I was studying English as well because that's one of the, the subjects that you have, to, um, you have to, to study. So I was like, okay, I'm going to use my school book, right? So I'm going to use the, the text that I've already studied in class with my English teacher. I already know what it is about. Uh, I already know the answer to the to the exercises related to the text, so I'm going to work with that. I've always had a good pronunciation, so that kind of saved me because you know when you have a good pronunciation, uh, you give the impression that your English is amazing, even though it's not true. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. <laughs> I was able to yeah. get by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think this is such a good point first because, yes, this is why um, I think a lot of people want in pronunciation because they know that. They know that because when they listen to others, this is what they feel. But at the same time, and I'm sure you have felt that, this is where it could create the imposter syndrome or kind of like trigger it because you know that people expect of you to be at a certain level and then they would they might question for sure uh, every single mistake that you make and yeah yeah, so as a non-native speaker you're constantly wrapped up with those thoughts about how you're perceived what you are doing how you're doing it how you're performing I think this is something that a lot of people a lot of non-native speaking teachers experience and that was how how many years ago that was that was 12 years ago 12 years ago, yeah. a long time ago, a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. A long time ago. So it's, it's, so the pronunciation is important because, you know, it gives you that right prestige, right. It gives you mm-hmm. the image of sounding good. Um, but yeah, it's uh, definitely, I, I had the imposter syndrome for a long time, you know, sometimes, I make mistakes. This is the reality is that this is not my mother tongue. You know, 
I speak it well, I think, well enough to teach it right now. And, um, and just because you speak a language, it doesn't matter that you know, you know how to teach it. I speak Spanish, Russian, and Romanian, and I have no idea how to teach those languages. Like, yeah. it's, it's, there's no way I can teach them. I know how to speak them, you know, but I don't know how to explain to you how to use a certain tense. I don't know what's the difference between one word and the other, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... It's so important to know how to facilitate being a native speaker doesn't automatically make you a good teacher. Absolutely not. Yeah. Not and and one more thing. And I think, you know, and I read somewhere in, in an article that was published uh, recently, we'll also link to it. It's on your Instagram account. And you said that uh, 50% of your teaching is teaching English and 50% is helping your students build confidence. Can you Absolutely. speak more about that and how your past has created that belief in you or philosophy, teaching philosophy? For sure. So um, as years went by and I gained more experience and more knowledge, uh, because when I really learned English, it was by teaching because I had to prepare those classes, right? So I had to I had to really memorize everything that I didn't know. I really had to like, I, I spent hours and hours preparing for classes to teach them later you know yeah. and, and repeat right so repetition so I would use the same class with one student and then with the another student with the other student and another and another so so repetition was the key and then um, uh, what I found out was that many students had a really good level but their confidence sucked they were not yeah. confident you know so that's how I found out that 50% of my work as a teacher was to, to uh, make them confident, to, to um, help them believe in themselves, believe that uh, the knowledge that they have, the English that they have right now, the level that they have right now is enough to communicate, you know, yeah. to get mm -hmm. rid of the fears because there's fear, you know, um, and fear of making mistakes. It's like, oh my God, it has to be perfect. It's like, no, native speakers make mistakes all the time. Like there's people, there's so many people. There is, is not correct, <laughs> you know, but it's, yeah. it's used all the time and it's okay. And here's the thing, like, yes, native speakers make mistakes all the time, but also if you do make a mistake, so what? Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Going back to that question you asked, what would that mean? Would that really make you less intelligent, yeah. less proficient, less less competent? No, it just makes you a non-native speaker speaking. It makes you human. Human, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just that it doesn't it doesn't mean anything really. You know, uh, we make mistakes constantly, and I think we have to have fun with that. Just have fun with it. Not to it. take ourselves too seriously. Too seriously. Exactly. Yeah. And and I agree. And I think that unless you unless you give yourself that permission to make mistakes, uh, you will not be able to feel free because you'll constantly monitor yourself. You'll be on the outside checking that every single word you say is perfect. Like I could, you know, I make mistakes all the time when I speak freely. Because I don't monitor my speech. And I'm okay with that because I value that energy that comes out and expressing my thoughts and feelings and emotions and connecting with a person. And being Rather, in the moment. And being in the moment. Being attentive, listening, not thinking about myself, but thinking about you right now as we're speaking. And I know that's the mistakes is the price that I pay hmm. for being here with you. And I'm sure like, this is what I try to teach my students as well, that they have to change their mindset. And I know that you do that as well. Um, they have to change their mindset to be able to make that shift. Cause when you give yourself permission, you find freedom. So sure. can you talk to me more about that as well and how you communicate that to your students? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, um, I always encourage them to make mistakes and and have and be happy to make those mistakes because that's that's the way to learn. That is really the only way to learn. How else are you going to learn? Yeah. You know, it's it's trial and error, you know, and this is how everything works. You know, like we were not born experts in anything. So we needed to 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 make mistakes 
in order to learn. So um, I always um, try to make them feel comfortable and, and uh, give them the most uh, positive and, and happy energy. I want them to, I, I'm, I'm always trying and my, my objective is always to make them feel good and feel comfortable with me, yeah. you know. They have to feel safe. Safe and not judge, judgment, judgmental, you know, like I, I never judge them. And um, if they make a mistake, uh, I correct. I always correct. And I explain why. And there's like, it's a fine, you know. And I always tell them, you'll probably make the same mistake several times before you, you actually yeah. register it. And it's okay. Don't worry yeah. about it. I'm, I'm that is to- the process. That is right. impossible for it to happen any other way. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's everything in life is like this, you know, but yeah. for whatever reason with languages, we're so obsessed of not making mistakes, you know, because uh, I don't know, I guess it's a belief that uh, we got it from somewhere, you know, I guess from schools or something. School, I don't know. Probably, but probably. It, it, perfection in general and not being, you know, making mistakes in general. I think this is a cultural norm that is, um, that is ingrained in us in a lot of cultures, not all cultures, but definitely For sure. Western culture. So you, you teach English in Spanish, really? That's right. So it's funny, huh? Because none of these languages are my mother tongues. <laughs> exactly. So how does it feel to teach English and Spanish? Is it just because what you, uh, wh- why, why did you choose to do it and why your entire business and your Instagram account and the content that you create is in Spanish and English? Tell me about that. Yeah, because uh, I started it in Spain. So I, I started teaching English to Spanish people, right? So this is, uh, that that's how everything started. And right now my brain functioned like this. Like I was, I'm not able to teach English in English or I'm not able to teach English in Russian or in Romania. Like it, it doesn't so work like this. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because I tried, I tried to help my, yeah, uh, my cousin's son uh, um, with English. I, he had, um, an exam and, uh, he needed my help and he speaks Russian. And I was trying to explain to him some like basic things, like, present simple and present continuous, you know, and I was trying to explain to him in Russian and it was absolutely impossible. So interesting how that works. Because my brain is used to explaining English in Spanish. Yeah. This is how I had, I had an interview in Hebrew for like, for the news and uh, I was on the news and, and um, I was like, I should stop saying yes to those interviews because talking about my work in English, like I know how to do it in English. I don't know how to do it in my first language. I don't have the vocabulary. It's not that accessible. And I use my first language all the time. So it's not like it's rusty or anything. It's just that when you are focused on specific content, it's hard to shift and feel as comfortable in another language, even if it's your first language. So I totally get it. (laughs) It's crazy how it's like you associate. So, so you associate this topic with a certain language. Yeah. You know, like, like uh, kids, like if, if kids grew up in um, a bilingual home, right. The mother speaks one language and the father another. So kids associate, okay, mother, Spanish, father, English, and they will change immediately. You know, if the mother speaks to them in Spanish, they will immediately switch to Spanish Yeah, and they will not mix it. (laughs) You know, it's amazing. It's it's the same. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I teach uh, English uh, in Spanish because I started teaching English when, while I was living in Spain. And um, yeah, so, so my brain basically uh, associate, associates um, English, teaching English with Spanish. Okay, that's, that's great. What are the advantages for people to learn the language in their first language? I think there are plenty of advantages. So like, what do you, why do you believe that it's um, important for people at least to get started learning English in their first language? Um, in their first language, you mean like in Spanish? So Spanish speakers, a Spanish speaker to, to learn mm-hmm. English, to learn English in Spanish. Uh huh. Yeah. Like so a lot of explanation. So uh, I'll give you some background. Uh huh. You know, in my community, the, the, there are a lot of teachers, uh-huh. and 
They sometimes if they want to start a business, they don't know if they should be creating content in their first language, teaching English or in English, teaching English. And they feel they have this belief that it's very limiting or they would feel very limited creating in their first language. So I would okay. love for you to speak about the advantages in teaching English in another language. So I guess it all depends on how popular your mother tongue is because in, in the case of Spanish, it's very popular. Mm -hmm. So like half of the world speaks Spanish, right? So, so it's, it's definitely advantageous. Um, now, I guess it all depends on how comfortable you are uh, teaching English in your mother tongue or teaching English in English, you know? It all depends. Um, I, I've never thought of teaching English in another language or in English, for example, because it was never an option for me. But I guess it depends on how comfortable you are with the language, you know? So mm -hmm. if you're comfortable teaching English in English, go ahead and do it, you know? Uh, because what matters, I, I think people shouldn't focus on uh, how many views they get and how popular those videos are going are gonna to be. They should focus on teaching, you know? Right. To focus on on uh, good content, on on educational content, content that will actually help people. Should focus on helping people rather than than uh, the views, the likes, and and uh, going viral. Absolutely, and and I definitely think that for people who are less experienced in hearing English or listening to English, there is a huge advantage when it's facilitated to them when, when they have an easier entry into English. Because a lot of times people who don't have a lot of experience listening to English, they may not understand, let's say, a video or content or a lesson that is fully in English. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so it depends on the level of, of, of the person, you know. So if, if you're just starting uh, out, you will not be able to understand a class in, in English. So that's the advantage of teaching, you know. So maybe your audience is... Uh, people that who's who's just starting out with English, yeah, you know? yeah. Mariana, this was such a such an incredible conversation, and you have such a an interesting story. Um, what are your best piece of advice when it comes to learning to self learners, people who want to learn English on their own? I think they have to. Just use the language as much as, much as possible. Just get out, out, out there, you know, just go outside and, and start speaking in English. Yeah. Stop learning those grammar rules. Stop, you know, learning the theory. I always um, give this analogy. Uh, how did we learn, all of us, most of us, how did we learn to bike? Taking the bike and riding it, right? Yeah. This is how it probably fell so many times, got bruised knees, scratched knees, right? And, and this is how we learn. But once we learn it, we will never forget. So right. English is very similar. Just grab it and write it. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you can't visualize yourself riding your bike and then being able to do it the next day. World exactly. for the most part. Yeah. So I absolutely Just agree. Just do it, you know, yeah. just do it, speak it, um, read it, write it, you know, use the language. If you yeah. don't use it, you lose it, right? And don't wait for it to be better to use it because that's another thing that I see. You know, well, by the time, when I learn how to use the perfect tense, no. It will probably never happen, you know, and, and in theory, you probably know. So I have like many of my students um, have this... Uh, the theory, they, they know the theory so well, the knowledge, right? They, they know the rules, uh, how to use the certain sen uh, tenses, but uh, they don't know how to, to actually use it in, in the spoken English, yeah. you know? So yeah. it doesn't matter if you know how to, you know, the, on paper, you know how to use it, but in reality, you, you don't, it, it's useless really. So yeah. just uh, go out there, speak English with, with, different people it doesn't matter if they are native or not non-native just speak it anyone who speaks english speak english to them. <laughs> just speak exactly just do it, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. um okay so
Before we go, one last question. Um, you recently moved to LA from Spain. Mm -hmm. uh, so where do you see yourself one year from today? Where do I see myself? So um, I'm actually living a dream right now, living my, my, my dream. I am going to uh, an acting school right now. It's a very nice and prestigious uh, acting school. And um, I see myself continuing teaching English and also uh, working as an actor. That's what I, I want to do. That's why I'm here in, in Los Angeles. So yes. my dream is to make movies in English for my students to learn from yeah. <laughs> to shadow to, to exactly to shadow and uh yeah so uh basically that make movies uh keep teaching uh english because you know for me english is uh, not just a language is much more than that and i know for many people it's um really uh, important to know it's it's life change changing to know this language and i want i want to help people to get their dreams to to yeah to to feel happy because when you speak this language especially when you're living here in the united states or in any other english-speaking country and you need this language um you feel happy when you speak it you feel part of the society because when you don't you feel like an outcast you know yeah so yeah. i want to i want to help people um get their goals and get and be happy basically I love that. Well, I'm sure that you're going to achieve this goal in one year or sooner. And um, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. And uh, how can people find you? People can find me on Instagram. So it's at D Languages and uh, also on YouTube. It's the same name, at D Languages. And these are basically two... Um, yeah, two uh, platforms that I use the most. I'm also on TikTok, the same name, and on Facebook. But um, I use uh, Instagram and YouTube the most. Fantastic. So we're going to link to these platforms in the, in the description below. So people awesome. Can Thank you so much. Thank it you so much. So nice. It was, it was, I loved it. It was a, a great interview, and uh, I love your energy. Oh, same here. I feel like we're very similar. We broadcast on the same frequency. Oh, yeah. Which makes it absolutely easy and, and wonderful to, to communicate and talk. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Hadar.